Hello and welcome to uh, this latest episode and what I've decided will be the final episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. Yes, that's right. At long last, our long journey is uh, coming to an end. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I've... I feel like I've I've scraped just about the the bottom of the barrel for critic content, um, and um, here to join me on what will probably be the the final episode, unless I don't know I <laughs> happen to get like some major uh, guest or something, but probably not gonna happen. <laughs> but anyway, I, I am thrilled to be joined by. The person who was there when I started this whole journey, you uh, may remember him from episode one of this podcast. Uh, he also still, I believe, does have a podcast of his own, Lincoln and Wells. It's Tyler Dean. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry, I stepped on my own name. Uh, I'm bad at this this uh, this branding thing. Yes. Uh, technically, I think I still have a podcast of my own. It comes out, you know biannually but hey you know that's 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 a good if it's good enough for uh for like gallery exhibits it's good enough for uh for pod sets, right sure <laughs> um and yeah i i still look forward whenever a new episode drops so um uh yeah hoping hoping the next one happens soon absolutely cool so so yeah um Oh, I, oh, yeah, I don't think I mentioned what we're actually doing on this episode. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm doing, I guess, just about the last thing we can do since we've done all the episodes, even the webisodes. So I thought it would be fun to take a look at uh, critic memes, fan art, fan creations, anything like that that have been floating around there on the Internet. Uh, also, just a, just a couple pieces of random critic ephemera that I was able to, to find and we'll just, yeah, kind of watch it, take it in and uh, comment on it. You know, some, some, some podcasts would have their final episode be a momentous, uh, you know, this is the summation of, of the journey I've been on. And I like, I like this approach, which is uh, the, just sort of like a, a male grab bag, you know, uh, <laughs> Sure. Uh, I also thought about doing like um, an episode where I just respond to all the fan email and tweets and messages that I've gotten, but uh, that would probably require me getting any. Oh, that is, that is uh, <laughs> deeply sad. I will be honest. I have been distracted for the last few minutes because I was thinking about who your last guest could be. And I cannot come up with the name of the actor that plays the critic. I keep wanting to say Lorenzo Music, but that's Garfield, and he's dead. Yeah. Um, uh, John Lovitz John, is who you're thinking of. We can swear on this one? Oh, yeah. Go for it. I do so many kid-friendly podcasts that... Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. John Lovitz. So if you could get John Lovitz, that'd be momentous. But, you know. You know, I could have... Um, I could have, like... He's on Cameo. I could have maybe... Paid for a, <laughs> I could have just paid for a cameo of John saying, "Hey, congrats on the podcast or whatever." But oh, I mean, who? Said, yeah, it's a congrats on the podcast. You wouldn't ever know that he was actually plugging a podcast about a show that he started, and that might be ideal, right? 
Uh, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, what say we dive into it? Absolutely. All right. So the first thing uh, I think we should look at is, yeah, when Siskel and Ebert reviewed the critic on their show at the movies, I believe it was called. I, and I think this is one of the only times they reviewed a TV show rather than a movie. So I'm, I'm actually honestly surprised that Siskel was a when the critic was on i if i had to guess i wouldn't have thought they'd overlap but yeah let's check it out all right it didn't surprise me a new primetime tv show about a movie critic a natural subject wouldn't you say raj but what did surprise me and i like the concept it's all animated from the same production company that gave us the simpsons unfortunately it doesn't have as many memorable characters as that series just one self-loathing movie critic with a head bigger than mine and a body smaller than well He's losing weight, so we'll see. Well, I'd be happy to give them some free advice, and one of them would be to build up some of the other characters, yeah. and especially, I think you're wrong, I think the station boss has a lot of potential. He's obviously kind of modeled on Ted Turner, and I think there are enormous possibilities there. I also there are feel possibilities. Make him sharper. Make him smarter okay, like okay. Ted Turner. I also feel that the very best thing in the show so far has been the satires yes. of movies, and they yes. ought to have two or three of those in every show, Absolutely. current movies or kinds of movies. And also, yes. I'd like to see Jay Sherman watch television so that he could satirize and discuss uh, what's on television these days. In other words, focus this show on the media mm -hmm. and not turn it into another sitcom about a guy and his, his son Weird and his ex-wife and his yeah. girlfriends and so forth. So, all right. Um, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> finished the entire thing, but uh, I did need to say... Uh, it is a bold move on the part of Siskel to say there are no other memorable characters in a moment that features Franklin Sherman in a <laughs> in a, a baby uh, outfit, sort of shimmying behind him. Yeah. Like it's it's a clip sort of that I, I the editors really <laughs> worked hard to undermine him in that moment. Yeah, I can't believe he didn't like Jay's parents. Yeah, uh, it, it's weirdly telling that. It says the second episode disappointed me because it was about the character as a fully fledged character, not simply as a movie critic. Yeah, that that's the biggest thing I took away. They they say they want the show to focus more on Jay's relationship to the movies, and they want his criticisms of the movies to be sharper. I mean, it's exactly the review that a movie critic would write. I think absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> But also, like, the parody review a movie critic would write, right? Like, like the review that a movie critic would write uh, in a show about, and like, in The Critic, that is the, sh that is the review that, that, that Jay Sherman would write. But it's real. It was, it was, that was a very dark and meta moment for me. Sorry, I'm yeah. spiraling now. <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I think um, one thing I also didn't notice is... Uh, just how much uh, Gene Siskel really looked like uh, like Bruce Bolton from Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess he does a little bit. Michael McKellen is uh, just, they're both grim, vulture-like men. And uh... <laughs> and uh, I, I forgot, like, just how often they, like, insulted each other. Like, yeah. I, like I know it was kind of, like how they would sell the show, you know, like, oh, you know, watch these two critics go at it, right? But but I always thought that, you know, they were still, like, very, you know, well-spoken, like, intelligent critics. But, no, they just loved digging into each other. 
all yeah, the time. Yeah, I, I had a weird inkling of that the other day uh, when, uh, not the other day, uh, but, um, oh, months ago, uh, I watched the uh, the Christmas special done by the guy who made the California Raisins. And there's <laughs> weird meta thing where there are two dinosaurs that are clearly Siskel and Ebert parodies. Wow. And it just it, it, it's just a lot of like jokes about like, you know, being overweight and male pattern baldness. And I sort of thought, oh, they're playing this up. And then rewatching that clip was like, no, no, they are not. This is <laughs> they are they are just at this point in their careers, just monsters laying into each other. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. All right. So that was Siskel and Ebert reviewing the critic. Woo! One down. Yes. Oh, and I, I should have mentioned before, but links to everything we're talking about, I'm going to put on the uh, Twitter feed. So go to It Stinks Pod on Twitter to uh, see all this stuff, to follow along. And with that, let's look next at uh, yeah, a, uh, a type of uh, music video that uh, someone made. So Tyler, are you familiar at all with uh, Vaporwave or uh, Chillwave? Very much so. I, I had a long argument with some close friends yesterday about Vaporwave. Uh, so, so that's good. I'm, you... in favor, I'm in favor of it. I, okay. I don't know if that destroys or bolsters my credibility, but, but I'm a fan. <laughs> no, I think it's cool. I mean, it's not generally something I listen to a lot, but like when I, I've, I've seen like, you know, like the uh, the music videos they make that are just homages to 80s and like neon and yeah, every once in a while, I just I want to I want to feel like I'm in a a sightless pit, and so I'll lie down in bed with all the lights off and listen to, you know, some Tangerine Dream or some some actual vaporwave and just feel a sort of like burgeoning dread. It's very relaxed. <laughs> I'm, I'm describing this as though it's a bad thing, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, I see this is called Critic Wave. Yes, so yes, on that note, someone saw fit to make Critic Wave. did not expect it to focus quite as much on uh, uh, Jay's stint as a trucker as this video does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they chose this episode in particular. So just to, uh, to kind of describe this for the listener, this is a we're watching a clip from uh, the episode Uneasy Rider, where Jay becomes a truck driver, and it everything's been like very slowed down uh, and. Um, that you really see like the uh, the the like the CRT scan lines uh, on this clip. I don't know if that was intentional or if, if it's just a very poor quality uh, uh, rip, but uh, they paired that with a very slowed down version of "Stay" by Lisa Loeb. Yeah, yeah, um, I liked the um, the slowed down uh, uh, you know uh, voice saying, "Are you experiencing blackouts?" <laughs> over and over, not like that that really got me in that in that sort of dark void 
you know, feeling that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on board for, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's grim. It's grim. And, uh, those, those CO2 scan lines, I think it's the good thing about YouTube, uh, uh, sort of fan videos is it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not. It, it, uh, it contributes <laughs> to the aesthetic of the, the genre in which you've entered. So, yeah. And, uh, so the, the description on YouTube says the episode Uneasy Writer first aired on July 13th, 1994 as Stay by Lisa Loeb rose to number five on the American Top 40. Hashtag critic wave needed to exist. So they they took the number five most popular song of the time and paired it with like the, I don't know, number 13 most popular show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, if we're going to take as gospel that number 13 most popular show, it was on July 13th. So is there... Ah. Here's the thing. I keep trying... I, like, they've given us just enough to think that there's some kind of hidden message that we're supposed to be getting. I know there isn't, but, like, it's so it's so close to being something that I would spend hours thinking about. Yeah, and, and I think... Uh, I think someone should or someone you know, very well could like make like a, some sort of like, you know, critic montage, almost the way that like, uh, what's his name? Pogo does with like Disney movies. Like someone could very well make a really great music video out of critic clips. Yeah. So Klondike five, um, that is the author of this, uh, of of this video, or at least the person who posted it, perhaps without the permission of, (laughs) of its actual creator. We won't know until, until he was he or she <laughs> let's let's be clear he responds uh but uh but yeah become the pogo of critic of critic wave videos i think that's yeah but uh hey yeah good first try yes uh all right so next i just had to check to see if there was any and sure enough there was critic fan fiction Awesome. Uh, I looked on both uh, AO3.org and fanfiction.net. You can find critic fanfiction on both of those. So I, I just kind of picked uh, one of my favorites that I thought maybe you and I could do a, a dramatic reading together oh, because this one, 100%. This, this one is a dialogue. So uh, this is called The Critics. This is on fanfiction.net. It is by author Dead Composer. And the um, the synopsis here says Jay Sherman and Bart Simpson review the latest movies. So this is, I guess, based on the the critic Simpson uh, crossover uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it, it looks to be entirely dialogue. Yes, it is, <laughs> and it's pretty brief. So, uh, are am I Bart or Jay? Um, I was gonna leave that to uh, your choice since you are the guest. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I feel like it's important that you play Jay simply because you are the central figure of the podcast. And so I'm the ancillary guest. We can replicate our roles in fan fiction. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I, I apologize. I'm not, I am not Nancy Cartwright. So <laughs> I don't think, I think attempting a Bart Simpson voice would be worse than, than not. <laughs> and there is also a couple like, Jay tosses to a couple of movie clips. I'll just read those as well. That's good. All right, so here is 
The Critics by Dead Composer. Welcome to Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Jay Sherman. Here with me today, all the way from Springfield, Massachusetts, is up-and-coming film critic Bart Simpson. Thanks, Jay. By the way, Springfield isn't in Massachusetts. Sorry, Bart. I meant to say Springfield, Illinois. Wrong again, Jay. Springfield, Missouri? Getting colder. Well, whatever state you're from, Bart, it's great to have you on the show. For those viewers who are wondering, I met Bart while judging at the Springfield Film Festival. He expressed an interest in becoming a film critic. Sorry, I just want to pause here to say I like that it is directly tied into that episode, not just tangentially. Uh, it, is, it is a sequel to, uh, to, to that episode of The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, because then I can get into all the movies for free. Or maybe I didn't explain that part well enough to you. As a film critic, you would have to watch every movie that comes out. Even the ones that suck? <laughs> well, Bart, how do you know if a movie er, stinks if you haven't seen it? Everything's in the trailer, man. If the trailer sucks, the movie sucks. And what if the trailer doesn't stink? Then it's your job to tell us if it sucks. Achim. Bart, you do realize that we're on national TV and some viewers may be bothered by your use of the word sucks? Sorry, Jay. I won't say sucks anymore. Thanks, Bart. Now, let's move on to our first feature. Is it okay to say booger? Oi. Yes, Bart. You can say booger all you want. What about Wedgie? Wedgie is acceptable, too. Our first feature is the new Rainier Wolfcastle drama, Help! My Son is a Nerd. Oh, man, that movie su er, succeeded at being a disaster. I give it three thumbs way down. I'm afraid I'll have to disagree with you, Bart. Wolfcastle's performance was so convincingly emotional, it almost brought me to tears. I almost cried, too, but only because my mom wouldn't let me buy another 64-ounce Pepsi. She thought I was trying to make myself have to pee so I could get out of the theater. And Vin Diesel displayed extraordinary range as his misunderstood son. I couldn't believe it was him behind those Coke bottle glasses. What happened to Vin Diesel, man? He used to be cool. Here's a short clip of Diesel. I tried to be a star quarterback like you wanted, Dad, but my math grades were slipping. I had to do something to bring them up, or I'd face academic suspension. So I opened my algebra book and started studying. I can't quite remember what happened after that, but when I woke up the next morning, I was wearing these glasses. Followed by a clip of Wolfcastle. There are no words to express my anger and keep a PG rating. I thought I had raised you better than this. Consider our father-son relationship terminated. Take your textbooks and get out of my house. And when you find a place to stay, give me your phone number so I can harangue you further. Such pathos. Moments like this are what prompted me to become a film critic. Moments like this are what prompt me to wedgie every nerd I see. Achim! Last week I poured hot sauce down Martin's pants and gave him a wedgie. He fell on his butt and started rolling around and screaming. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're that, almost done. I don't know, but that image, that image just really, really stuck to me. <laughs> Nelson taped the whole thing. I'm sure he'd sell you a copy for a reasonable price. You could use it on your show in place of these lame movie scenes. Uh, thank you very much, Bart. After this commercial break, we'll look at the first sequel of the summer sequel season, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, The Curse of the Rabid Fangirl. Now that's one for the ages, man. But we're off the air, Jay. Why, you little...
Oh, okay. All right. All right. So that is, um, Oh, I, I yeah, should note. Sorry, I, I, I just, I can't get over, I can't get over. I think it's the word screaming. I feel like that's, if that were written into a, like, you know, whatever, Bart pours hot sauce down Martin's pants. Feels like a thing that, that may come up in a Simpsons script, but I feel like <laughs> in the, in the teleplay, it doesn't say Martin begins screaming. I think that's what <laughs> it hit me hard. Well, yeah, and also Bart is usually the one getting bullied. He's not bullying others. Yeah, yeah I, you know, this is an interesting problem because while they are shouting their catchphrases constantly, I feel like, you know, I mean, there's no way that, that Jay Sherman would enjoy the Rainier Wolf Castle drama Help My Son as a Nerd. Right, right? yeah. Like, yeah, like, like it, Jay is simply a, like, a, you know, mouthpiece for, I guess, what... A, this feels like Bart Simpson fanfic that Jay Sherman happens to sort of be mischaracterized mm. as in. Yeah, that, I think they missed the part where Jay hates every movie he reviews. Yeah, I, I also, because I, I was curious, I've, I've, I've brought up IMDb to figure out where Vin Diesel was in 2005. And it is interesting. He's, uh, oh wait, that's just him as a producer. Hold on. Uh, in 2005, it was in fact a dark time. Uh, he was in... Uh, he was in the pacifier. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, he had already been in the first fast and furious. He had been in, he had been, so, okay. 2004 is coming off of, he's been in the first fast and furious. In fact, he's been in the first one. Well, I, I, I guess he's not in the first two, uh, but yes, the first one, he was in triple X in 2002. Uh, and he was in both uh, pitch, pitch black in 2000 chronicles of Riddick in 2004. So like oh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of big things that he had, he had done. Uh, he is just though on the cusp, right? In uh, in 2006, he will have an uncredited role in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, right? <laughs> Leading to uh, to 2008's Babylon AD, a film that I thought I dreamed uh, the trailer to. But Wait, what, apparently... what was that movie? Uh, it, I, you know, like Vin Diesel's a guy in the future. And the future looks a little bit like it might be a Luc Besson film. Actually, you check. Is it a Luc Besson film? Because if not, it really feels like it should have been. Uh, it is not, but it is. Um, it looks like it was written by like three French screenwriters. All right. Oh, adapted from a novel, Babylon Babies. Uh, I vaguely remember the trailer as being Vin Diesel in a Luc Besson-esque movie where he has to save a little girl from something fascist. Huh. You know, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That one didn't really work out for him. I have no memory of this film at all. So yeah, yeah. Just based on the title, it sounds like it might be one of those, like, let's do, like, Alexander the Great, but in space, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, though, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, just the, I guess the writer is clearly uh able to sort of articulate that yes this was a lull in vin diesel's career hmm. <laughs> right. because the pacifier had just i oh, <laughs> oh god well I... good on you dead composer yes. and yeah this this was originally published april 23rd 2005 hence the pirates of the caribbean 2 being the uh most current uh pirates movie <laughs> I mean, if I remember correctly, though, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 was, in fact, called The Curse of the Rabbit Fangirl. 
Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, th uh, uh, great job uh, reading Bart's lines there. That that was uh, that was great. You did a you did a fucking kick ass Rainier Wolfcastle. So. <laughs> Thanks. I I didn't know I had it in me. Yeah, yeah. All right. So before, real quick, before we move on, uh, when I was searching for critic fan fiction. For some reason, on fanfiction.net, if you search... Well, actually, you have to search Jay Sherman, because if you just search critic, you just get a bunch of fanfictions that have the word critic in them that aren't necessarily based on the critic. And none of us want that Gene, Gene Shallot slash fiction. <laughs> so yeah, when, basically, when I was searching around, I found a fanfiction based on a box of brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts, and I thought that was very funny. Also... I'm now looking at it. Was this written as a class assignment and was then published on uh, on <laughs> That's right, because the header has the author's name, then period one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. This is a fiction based off of the box of a brown sh cinnamon sugar Pop-Tart. Yeah, indeed it is, uh, the Michael. Good job. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's get into some memes. Yeah, everyone yeah. loves memes. Memes are fun. The uh, I believe the the majority of these are taken from uh, the critic subreddit. So reddit.com slash r slash the critic is the source of uh, most of these. And this first one actually got turned into a T-shirt. This is the super critic meme. I I like this. I don't. I couldn't tell you why, but I do. I do like this one. It's it's very good. So it's basically. The uh, it's based on Super Mario Brothers three, where Mario is kind of like flying in his uh, raccoon suit, but it's just uh, Jay in place of Mario, and it says Super Critic, and then below it stinks. Yes, of course. Which is you know important, but I I think I just like that Jay is smiling in this one. He hmm. spent so much of the show so sad, and here he really like he's been drawn to look. I mean, there is nothing Mario about him save a sort of vague, you know, the positioning <laughs> is dead on. And just yeah. giving him a sort of Mario smile, I think, is really, I don't know, it's heartwarming. Yeah, I think uh, they never really got to explore Jay's uh, happier side, but I think that is yeah. definitely uh, a very appealing thing. And the, the, just the idea that Jay might, uh, like, if we can have, you know, the critics Simpsons fan you know crossovers with attendant fan fiction. Why can't Jay meet meet Mario? You know? <laughs> I mean there was a Super Mario Brothers movie, so that could very well happen. Yeah, yeah. And you know, thinking back on it, it's weird that John Lovitz isn't in the Super Mario Brothers movie. That feels like <laughs> a film that obviously he would be in in some role. You know, some some uh some toady of Dennis Hopper's or uh or, or maybe one of the uh, one of the guys from the rival plumbing agency that plays a weirdly large role in that film. <laughs> I think if the makers of the Super Mario Brothers film had made it more of a comedy instead of the weird uh, cyberpunk film that it is, he definitely would have been in there. Instead, they had uh, what's his name from Short Circuit. Oh, Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens, thank you. <laughs> yes, at, at least playing a white man this time. Yo. Or a, a white lizard man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's playing a member of the Mushroom Kingdom. It's still, it's still a kind of appropriation. 
Uh, all right. Um, I really like this next one. Uh, this is a uh, a critic themed Valentine's Day card. <laughs> cool. It's. I mean, okay. Look, it was made for the person's husband. I don't want to assume. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'm now realizing there's a lot going on. It's a very sweet card, where where Jay Sherman drawn endearingly badly uh i mean not 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 horrendously but just off enough that it's 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 kind of delightful yeah it's a little off yeah he's saying it stinks and then there's a giant or perhaps an inset hand behind him holding three conversation hearts that all say eat me so (laughs) yeah not sure what that's about i mean is it yeah It, it could be an alice in wonderland thing right like the heart says, "Eat me, eat the heart." Mm. That's that's the that's the that's where many podcasts, I think, would stop analysis wise. <laughs> uh, but it is a Valentine's Day card for a husband. I and yeah, it is. There is some weird perspective going on because the the hand in comparison to Jay is giant. Yeah, and look, I don't want to assume a heteronormative relationship here. Uh, I will say that the username is Sweet Dumper, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, and also, you know, obviously, um, uh, gender and, uh, and, and physiology are completely and totally uncoupled. Uh, but, but the eat me takes on a, a, a dark, a dark sexualized tone. If this is a Valentine's Day card demanding oral sex from the husband <laughs> posted by sweet dumper to Reddit using Jay Sherman as a terrible intermediary for their lovemaking. Yeah, I, I thought the eat me may have just been a reference to Jay's fondness for eating, but, I mean, it's a Valentine's Day card. There's got to be some sexual connotation as well. It's, it's possible. It's very possible. I don't want to... I don't want to put words into Sweet Dumper's mouth. I don't want to ever say a phrase vaguely like that ever again. Uh... But the thing that I think the only hey sorry on the side of this image there is also a sharpie, like yes, like they've like it's it's the background is notebook paper and there's a sharpie there like they have just finished this card and they are so excited to put it up on the internet. Which look, live in your truth, do what you do. I don't love that uh, Al Jean and Nancy Cartwright and Mike Mike Reese are all tagged in the critic subreddit and therefore. If they search for themselves, this will come up. <laughs> like that feels a, a thing where, like, oh, oh, Al, you don't need to see this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I look, you did a, you did a, you did a wonderful thing years ago, and I know that you're probably used to having some fan interaction, but this is, this has layers. This has, sorry, I just, I just turned from I am completely and totally uh, into this to, oh no, I'm distressed by this unless I can't fully articulate. It. <laughs> Well, I think it's a very sweet card, and if someone gave me a critic-themed Valentine's Day card, I'd probably marry that person. Uh, Eat me. (laughs) That was my best John Lovett saying. All right, well, we are going from Valentine's Day to Halloween, because next we've got someone who made their own Jay Sherman Halloween costume. Well, no, see, this is delightful. This is just pure pure good vibes uh yeah this is great i was really worried i I feel like when you have a so it's it's a uh 
it's a it's a, a vaguely femme looking person uh dressed as jay sherman with a little vest and uh you know and uh, a button down shirt and uh and slaps wearing glasses and holding a little uh, word balloon on a on a stick that says it stinks it's it's awesome and i think they're even sitting in the jay sherman uh pose oh yeah yeah absolutely in in what is not a uh you know oh god what are, what are the the chairs that they have on movie sets where they've got the little canvas back that holds it up the jay sherman also sits in like a little oh a direct a director's chair i just called it okay um but it is but but this person is blocking uh enough of it that it is a reasonable facsimile it's a, it's a good all-around effort i will say i was really worried uh when you said i so i i as you asked did not look at these beforehand but when you sent me these links um i did see there was a jay sherman halloween costume in them and i was uh i was terrified they're going to take it to the next level of having like a big you know papier mache head <laughs> like i feel like there's a way of like you know, and if this was a uh, if this was a mass mass produced costume, I feel like there would be one, and it would be really uncomfortable. You know, like this is this is this is cosplaying as Jay Sherman, not here's a weird suit that will make you into a ghoulish Jay Sherman like visage that you force on everyone. Well, I don't know why that's where your head went, but uh, I do I do like that. Yeah, this is kind of a Jay Sherman cosplay. If yeah. you will, it definitely has that sort of vibe. It's a, it's like a Simpson. Like okay, you can you can dress as Homer Simpson by wearing like a white you know polo shirt and a, a pair of uh, jeans, you know, maybe a bald cap, and then you can also, you know, like paint your skin yellow, and do a little like you know brown stubbly muzzle to uh, to to do the next level, and then there's the full mask, and I feel like that's it. Just like there are three levels of costume and one is dedication and the just one step beyond is nightmare fuel. And I don't know. I don't know. That's what I always expect. So you were life. expecting like, I don't, I don't know if you've seen, um, there, there exists a live action Simpsons porn parody where it is absolutely just everyone just drenched in yellow pancake makeup. And, uh, it's, it's disturbing. <laughs> um, here's a, here's a question. Uh, are their genitals yellow also? <laughs> um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Okay. Because, I look, I know that this is a wholesome, family-friendly show, and we shouldn't spend too much time on it, but there's a part of me that is really caught between if the genitals are yellow, it feels like a health risk for, like, makeup insertion problems. But if they're not, it feels like a real letdown and a lack of commitment to the theme. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the um, what the happy medium is there. You know, maybe they could they could probably get away with it with some uh, with some like uh, creative editing. Maybe no, that's true. That's true. Or just you know, very very yellow latex. Um, you know what? <laughs> I I realize I've gone from worrying about this porn parody to workshopping it, and that. <laughs> not something i'm prepared to do right now but uh all right well yeah we don't we don't have to get into that um but (laughs) uh but hey speaking of uh animation eh that's a weird enough transition i'll take it uh next we have jay sherman (laughs) (laughs) 
Next, we have Jay Sherman as a Dragon Ball Z character. Good God. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I was expecting sort of like Jay Sherman's hair, you know, maybe his outfit on like a big muscly Vegeta type. But all it is is pretty good fan art of Jay Sherman standing in the Super Saiyan pose with, you know, his hair gone gone white from the from the energy. And they're like being an aura around him. It is so impotent. So <laughs> so truly he is angry. He is about to unleash his his greatest power. And he is just a little tubby satyr of a man, <laughs> eyes slightly narrowed, wearing a vest. Oh yeah, his eyes are practically crossed. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, this is uh this is on knowyourmeme.com for whatever reason. It's called Ultra It Stinks by Ronnie Raccoon. <laughs> it's not it's not so much uh Dragon Ball Z critic crossover stuff. It's just a sad fantasy in which <laughs> is imagining that he might be a Super Saiyan. Like that's that's really all it is. It's it's you could also replace, like, I actually feel like this meme could go places. You could get any Danny DeVito in this <laughs> exact same pose, and it would be great. Oh, oh my god. I just noticed the uh, notes on the uh, right side, the author's note. <laughs> okay. This is delightful. <laughs> author's note. Kame Hachi Machi. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Very good. It's, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. The ad on the side of this, and I don't know if this is my busted algorithm or, or just being on Know Your Meme, but uh, it's definitely showing me, for whatever reason, a picture of, um, uh, of, uh, of the tall lady from Resident Evil, uh, uh, you know, from below, emphasizing her, her very large backside, and then a picture of uh, Squidward uh, looking as though he's been flattened uh, by a giant ass, as though flat <laughs> on him. Just two images side by side doesn't don't, um, don't understand it. I, I am not seeing that. I actually have an ad blocker turned on, so I'm actually seeing a picture of a little kitty. That's really good. That's really good. I'm I'm seeing our, our best uh, SpongeBob Resident <laughs> Evil Village crossover, vaguely pornographic. Look, knowyourmeme.com. I'm sure is a great site, but this this they've let me down. <laughs> Know Your Meme is like halfway between a wiki and a fan site. Yeah. It, it like, kind of uh, straddles like, that line. Like uh, like Genius Lyrics, right? Where half of it is like sort of meaningful explanations for people to understand. And half of it is like wild positing of whatever you just thought of because you were too stoned and thought someone needs to know that that confusion can mean both things being fused together and a state of disarray. <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah, I, I went off on a tangent well, um I, I remember they they tried to make a bunch of like offshoot genius sites like they wanted to make like you know book genius and even like news genius to like break down current events and stuff but that did not get very far as you might imagine i mean look as a as a professor of english literature uh, book genius is an insult and I won't abide by it. Uh, I, I am book genius. Book genius is paying 
$40,000 in tuition to take one of my classes, please. <laughs> we can't just let that shit out for free on the internet. Proud. Hey, hey, save the plugs to the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, my, take my class that you can't actually enroll in, listener. <laughs> Change the entire course of your life to sign up for my class, which is just called Book Genius. <laughs> <sighs> Um, okay, so I think this next thing is probably closer to what you were imagining when when you saw Jay Sherman as a Dragon Ball Z character. This is, I mean, along the same lines, this is Jay Sherman goes Super Saiyan. I really like that there's a solid Dragon Ball Z critic link. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say it's, it's a good little piece of, uh, it's a good little, you know, GIF or animation. I mean... Silent, I assume. It's not a yes. lot of times. Probably a gif or, or gif or... Yeah, this is a gif. I, I say gif. Thank you. I do too. I just didn't want to... I wanted to follow the house rules. <laughs> <laughs> this is on Newgrounds.com, which uh, I can't believe still exists. No, and I was uh, about to say that I assumed that that site folded many years ago or it turned into like an alt-right... Uh, uh, you know, 32 Chan or whatever they're up to now. Right. And um, this is by Lord Marukio. And it is, yeah, this is actually Jay Sherman, like, yeah, doing the Super Saiyan thing where he, like, throws his arms down and looks to the sky and yells. And his hair does actually turn yellow and he's surrounded by a yellow aura. And, yeah, he goes Super Saiyan. I will, I will be clear, though, still not seeming to gain any sort of like physical prowess as a result of doing so he is still i mean you know energy is coming off of him and he is yelling but he is still just a a, a little man you know uh, <laughs> yeah full of impotent rage it's it's very good yeah he still doesn't have any like muscle definition or anything like that yeah yeah i mean look look i'm not asking you to draw muscular jay sherman for me i feel like we could probably find that on the fly if we wanted to, and I'm not sure I want to see it, but but I am surprised. I am surprised at the fidelity to the critic that both of these Dragon Ball Z crossovers have shown. <laughs> yeah, especially considering I just clicked on Lord Marukio's profile to see what else he's done. It is all furry art. <laughs> and, you know, no judgment, no judgment. You do you, but I just, that, yeah, that just leaves you with more questions. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure, actually, that all the furry art is of, um, is that all Hector from uh, the Cadillac Cats who were featured alongside Heathcliff on the Heathcliff animated show? <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. think so. Maybe not. I guess these cats are, are purple and Hector is. Oh, those are actually, those are actually rabbits. Now that I look a little closer. Interesting. Interesting. Well, guys, if you've got any furry art of Hector from the Cadillac Cats that you want to send me, I will be, uh, Brian will be posting my personal email at the end of the show as well. Please do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the description, by the way, of this gif is so high, period. I'm Jay, period. I came from Tumblr because Tumblr done nuked itself. So, yeah. Ellipsis. And, uh, that means I, I, I'm I'm going to assume that means they're referencing when uh, Tumblr stopped uh, hosting not safe for work content. 
Yeah, which is odd because this is very safe for work content. So, <laughs> uh, and also like, I'm so sorry, Jay. I know Tumblr is 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 cratering and, and that's really tragic as a loss, but I don't think Newgrounds is where you're going to find that Tumblr content you've been craving. <laughs> Uh, and I think also maybe the the other question is like, what movie did Jay see that would make him go Super Saiyan? Oh, that's important. And the answer is clearly the live action Dragon Ball Z film <laughs> from the from the early aughts, starring James Marsters as uh, Piccolo. I think I, I I never saw it, but I do remember it was called Dragon Ball Evolution. Is very much like Terminator Yinesis. But uh, <laughs> a uh, if you put a weird uh, a weird word, uh, highfalutin term at the end of uh, at the end of a franchise, uh, it it makes it good. Uh, uh, exactly. I, you know, I have not watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z in my life, but for whatever reason, I'm now having a very visceral memory that through most of my teen years, I had a wall scroll in like sepia tones of all the Dragon Ball Z characters just sort of like with their arms crossed, looking looking tough. And I would never have bought that for myself. So I cannot possibly tell you where it came from, but it was above my bed for many years. Oh, I, I went through a huge Dragon Ball stage. I had, I think I had two wall scrolls at one point and like oh, posters. And, and I would literally just like print out JPEGs from the internet and just tape them to my wall. I mean, look, I was like that for Ron the One Half. That is 100% like my jam. I just am surprised that I had a... And it wasn't even like a fun action pose, Dragon Ball Z. Again, sepia tone. They're all looking very serious, just arms crossed in a row. How, how did you watch Ranma One Half? Was it on TV somewhere or...? I, uh, I uh, bought VHSs when they'd come mm. out in the States at uh, sort of specialty video stores. They were... You know, the Canadian dubs of the, uh, oh, sorry, I just got lost thinking that Ronald One Half probably hasn't aged well. <laughs> that uh, in it is, it is all about uh, the, for a show that is all about a person whose gender fluctuates, it is 100% about the rigidity and inflexibility of gender and gender roles. So hmm. <laughs> that's fun. I never watched it or read the manga or anything. My only experience with Ranma one half as a child was I had a friend who had a uh, a region free Super Nintendo and he had a Ranma one half fighting game. Oh, the fighting game was fun, absolutely. <laughs> and I understood none of it because it was in Japanese. It's just about a boy who gets cursed by a Chinese spring to turn into a lady when uh, he is splashed with cold water and turns back into a man when uh, hot water is applied to him. <laughs> and all of his wacky adventures uh, with his arranged marriage and... Uh, arranged marriage? Okay. Yeah, there's, yeah, that's a real central point of it. And then like a bunch of other people who fell into other... who are cursed by slightly different Chinese curses that turn to other things when with the cold water, hot water dynamic come in. Uh, you know, look, look. If you're 13 and it's... Uh, it's 1996. It's a fucking awesome show. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's that. That should be your next uh, your next podcast. Is uh, is just just a lot of anime. Just all <laughs> you loved as a as a kid and 
Oh God! It holds up anyway. Yes. Sorry. All right. We we've got just a couple more things to look at here. Uh, so this next thing is not really a a meme. This is um, I forgot how I found this, but I'm glad I did. It is a Change.org petition uh, called "Get John Lovitz to Voice Knuckles in the Next Sonic the Hedgehog Movie," <laughs> and it currently. It only has 42 signatures, so come on, people. Let's let's get those numbers up. All right. I've just signed it. <laughs> Thank I've you. I've just signed it in my real uh, change.org profile. I'm not going to chip in $7 to distribute the petition. Holy Christ. <laughs> I, I'm share it. Now it's saying, Tyler, please reconsider. One share can easily come many. The track <laughs> options below you will alert you when people sign your link to try. So I'm in a terrible position now where I thought this would be funny for a podcast and now my life is ruined <laughs> by how much it's demanding that I share this. Share it on social media. Um, <laughs> well, while you're dealing with that, I'll go ahead and read the, the body of this uh, petition. Uh, so this was started by David Leon. And uh, he says, my siblings and I watched the Sonic movie and thought it was aight. We agreed that they should have got a better VA, that means voice actor, for Sonic because it was kind of flat at points. Then we jokingly said they should get John Lovitz. It eventually turned into, I heard he's going to be Knuckles in the sequel, and we could not stop laughing. Then we started making up Knuckles quotes and saying them in a John Lovitz voice, like, get out of my way, Sonic. <laughs> And, and, you know, for being the fastest thing alive, you can be very slow. So I figured if the internet outrage can change Sonic's looks, maybe we can try and get John Lovitz to be Knuckles. I ain't writing three paragraphs just to get John Lovitz to do Knuckles' voice, because that's be dope. So this is great. And, you know, <laughs> look, I'll I'll admit when I... When I played uh, uh, Sonic and Knuckles, I guess, is Knuckles in Sonic 2 as well? No, uh, he didn't come around until Sonic 3. Okay, so when I was playing Sonic 3, I, I did think Knuckles was uh, was a lady uh, because because uh, he was unvoiced at the time. I would soon learn in, in years to come that Sega knows very well, thank you very much, how to make characters read as, as, as femme characters. Uh, thank you, Rouge the Bat. Uh, but um, sorry, this has led me to the uh, the revelation that apparently, at least as of February 9th, twenty twenty one, Knuckles they are they are offering the role of Knuckles to Jason Momoa. Huh. Who is not signed on necessarily, but uh, but apparently that is that is a report that that he is he has been offered the role. Interesting. It's a different direction than John Lovitz. I would say that vocally, they have some things in common in that they they both they both have voices that can be heard with human ears. True, but otherwise, they're very very different directions. Uh, maybe they um, they they're saving John Lovitz to voice Shadow. Oh God! I mean, if you wanted to do sort of a deep dive, like I'm trying to think, who is another? Um, oh gosh, what? Who is the voice of Sonic? Uh, in the movie or the cartoon? Because uh, it was uh, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz is 
who is Ben Schwartz's comedy partner was Thomas Middleditch for a while, right? Like they did stuff together. Right. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not anymore. Like you'd really want to get a deep dive, right? Like, like you know, two years ago you would have gotten Thomas Middleditch to be Shadow the Hedgehog, which actually, <laughs> actually that that's pretty fucking good. I I now that I hear it, d- doesn't doesn't matter that that he has been degra- disgraced and should not be cast in films anymore. Uh, Thomas Middleditch, how do I create? a change.org edition to make Thomas Middleton's the voice of Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> I'm sure it's not that difficult. <laughs> God, change.org, uh, you started with such great promise and you are. You might be the most disappointing thing about America. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, That's saying something. It really is. Sorry. So it took a lot out of me. Even even saying it took a lot out of me. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm so keenly aware of this being your last uh podcast episode brian that there's a there's a sort of creeping existential dread that's getting into like oh no (laughs) it's all the critic is winding down finally after 25 years it's all winding down uh we got to give it the second it deserves (laughs) well i'll 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 say this right now i'll make this promise if the critic ever gets renewed i whether that be for a season three or for more internet shorts or whatever i'll bring the podcast back yeah yeah and much like our super saiyan uh, the text on the super saiyan gif you end with an ellipsis to let them know that maybe (laughs) more adventures to come exactly or as you know as dr manhattan says nothing ends nothing ever ends sorry dr manhattan i really in my head thought dr robotnik and then just went straight to (laughs) We sure that's Dr. Robotnik, or is that just Jim Carrey? Is that just Jim Carrey on a hot mic going, nothing ever ends. Nothing <laughs> ever, ever ends. Uh, but, uh, but this episode is not ending quite yet. We've got one final link to take a look at. It, uh, it's Fuck come you. to this. Fuck <laughs> we, had to, we had to do it. Look, we had to do it. We had to do it. Good. <laughs> this is the critic erotic fan art <laughs> which which I was not sure if it would exist when I searched for it but of course it exists rule 34 of the internet if it exists there is porn of it and uh, appropriately enough this is on the uh, website rule 34 uh, rule34.xxx just search for the critic and this will come up and uh, so a lot of it is Alice-based, as you might imagine. Well, see, now here's the thing. Like, how old is Alice supposed to be on the show? Because I feel like this is getting just a little grotesque, right? Uh, I mean, she's an adult, certainly. I, I don't know if they ever give her age specifically. Wait, sorry, is Alice his... Uh... Alice is his assistant that joins in the second season. There oh, is okay. also... There's also art of Margot, his younger sister Margo. here, who oh, I do believe Margo. is a teenager. So. Yeah, that's rough. That's real rough. No, no, Alice, look, look, chase your bliss. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. Alice is, there's so, Brian, I'm trying to give a, a similar sex positive news. There's so, so many breasts on the screen right now <laughs> staring back at me. And, and so many cartoon women uh, uh, just actively, uh, um, masturbating that I'm... <laughs> God damn it. 
Yeah, I do. I do like just that any art that features Jay, he is receiving, not giving. Yeah, that feels that feels right to me. That feels right. <laughs> Especially the one where it's him and Inspector Gadget. Yeah, yeah, I really needed it. I really needed that. So, okay. I mean, look, look, this, this really runs the goddamn gamut. You know, Jay and Inspector Gadget, wonderful. Absolutely brilliant and necessary. Uh, 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 You know, at the low point, we have what looks like um, a, a topless Margot brushing her teeth. Uh, and it's been drawn such that it looks like a, uh, like she's been uh, 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 somehow sort of caught in the act, uh, you know, like like this is this is an image sketched from from a from a, a clandestine photo that feels really fucking gross to me. Uh, let's put that at the let's put at the nadir of this Inspector Gadget. Clearly oh, I'm pretty sure that is Alice, not Margot. Oh, thank God. You <laughs> know what? Sorry, I am neglecting. Of course, Margot has a headband, and Alice does not. And that's all we need. To, that's the real distinguishing mark when they're nude, because yeah, they kind of do have go. the same hair. I'm I'm realizing now, um, but you know, still still sort of a weird nader. Uh, I will say, the uh, the multiple images that are done by it looks like multiple artists of uh, of Jay uh, uh, being anally pleasured by his father are uh, <laughs> are pretty good. Are pretty good, like. The style is different enough that I'm fairly certain these were uploaded by different people. Uh, they're the exact same motif, almost the same position. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I've just seen the thing of Jay receiving oral sex from what looks to be a hyena lady, like a, a furry <laughs> hyena. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Jay is kind of drawn in a, almost like an anime style. Yeah. yeah. And I I think it's important I, I to, to say, look, look, I've been listening to your podcast and but I have not gone back and rewatched all the critic. Is there an anthropomorphic hyena woman that he dates in that episode? Uh, no. It's just a little bit of sort of multiverse fun that we're having with uh, the the what ifs of the critic uh, the critic universe. Yeah, this is just a, a clearly apocryphal. There's uh, there's nothing in the run of the critic even close to a hyena woman. Even in any of the like random cutaways that they do. Thank God. Um, I, you know, like, look, that might have saved the show. The introduction of uh, of Ferala, the the hyena woman that uh, that comes in to to be, I don't know if. Sorry, my dark thought was uh, that uh, if the show had outlived Doris Grau, that she'd be brought in to be the new makeup artist, and that is <laughs> that is literally the I think. Of all the dark thoughts that I've had this episode, that might be the worst. But uh, yeah, sadly, Doris is completely absent from uh, the art we have on offer here. Yeah, which seems like a missed opportunity. You know, like if you can imagine Jay Sherman being pleasured by Inspector Gadget, who I will note, Inspector Gadget has a bunch of gadgets coming out of his hat that are sex toys, but he is actually fucking Jay with what looks to be his real penis. It's a, yeah, it's a, you know, it's he, the gadgets are simply making a, a cameo. They're not actually, you know, part of the act itself. Maybe they're for later. Uh, God, I don't know. <laughs> look, look, it's they're part of the uh, the Jake Sherman <laughs> Inspector Gadget aftercare video that they're uh, 
<laughs> oh god. I, I sorry. I also just noticed that there's one where Jay is being uh, pleasured by uh, by Alice and and saying, "Oh ye gods." Uh, there's a there's look look. I, I here's the thing I don't get. I need to understand this. I don't think. Uh, look, I, I, it's not that I've never had uh, any sexual attraction to. Uh, an animated character, you know? Uh, again, we talked about the fact that I watched anime when I was 13. Mm -hmm. But the idea of taking decidedly unsexual shows and doing pornographic fan art, I, I don't think there's anything intrinsically wrong about it. I mean, again, you do what you do you, but it just, it always feels like such a long walk. Like so much effort expended. And the idea that you would put the catchphrase in there Sort of feels. <laughs> it's not just that you're attracted to this character and you wanted to create or distribute some art where the character is is getting sexy. You really care about the IP. You know, you really care. You know Jay's catchphrases, and you've drawn it because you want this to exist fully in the world of the critic. And it's just that's the part where I go. I don't. Who is that for? Who is that for? Well, there's the other uh, possibility, I guess, that, you know, a lot of erotic fan art is, in fact, commissioned. So maybe there was someone who just really wanted to see Jay saying, oh, ye gods, while, uh, you know, <laughs> in the midst of a sex act with Alice. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. Sorry. No, I, I, re I, I was wrong about the nader. The nader is 100% Alice uh, holding her child to her naked body. Uh, her child, thanks, is fully clothed, but uh, is looking back at her mother with immense concern and fear while, while Alice is just almost, almost using her own daughter as a, as a, a stimulant as she holds her to her genitals with her head between her breasts. It's just, there's... Yeah, this is the one that crosses the line, I think. I mean, it. it look, uh, here's my question. Of course it crosses a line. Does it cross a line so far that it has become a sort of like Robert Maplethorpe-esque <laughs> statement? Um, or is it just monstrous? And, you know, was Robert Maplethorpe maybe monstrous too? I, I know you do a, a maple cast that uh, that that you know discusses this in detail. Yeah. So. Well, well, that's that's for Patreon members only. Right. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, Brian, thank you for taking me down this um, uh, <laughs> nightmare. And uh, well, you are you are very welcome. There, there's really no one else who I would have liked to have gone on this journey with uh, than you, because I. <laughs> oh, that's like Brian. That's an incredibly sweet thing to say. And I like honestly appreciate it, but you have to understand you're saying it while there is a photo, not a, not a cartoon drawing, but a, a photo of a topless woman. And the text below it is horny college girls from California, open parenthesis. They love sucking dicks, close parenthesis. <laughs> as, though, as though it's like, look, click on this link for horny college girls from California. I know you've got questions. Here's the answer to one. Uh, I have to close this page before we actually sign off because I can't, I just, <laughs> I just. Oh my I, God, I closed right, it so long ago. All right. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that somehow feels like an appropriate 
note to bring this podcast to a close. <laughs> now, here's, here's the thing. If you are an artist and you want to keep the party in this podcast going, I would like to commission for, you know what? $10. I will put up an actual $10. We can discuss it for you to draw a picture of a, of a topless woman with the subtitle, Horny College Girls in California, open parenthesis, it stinks. Close parenthesis. <laughs> you can't Photoshop this. You need, to, you need to draw, you need to put in the actual thing so that I can underpay you for your artistic work. But, but by all means, by all means. Well, there you have it. All right. Uh, Tyler, <sighs> thank you so much again for uh, going you. on this journey. No, absolutely. I'm happy to be here at the end. I was happy to be at the beginning. Uh, this is, it's such a fucking great podcast. And uh, you've done such a good, I mean, like, I, I feel like um, you've, you've really sort of like run the, run the gamut from the like delightfully absurd to the, to the profound and thoughtful. And, uh, you know, was it, was it, wait, was it Mike Reese that you got on the podcast? Yeah, yes. 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 So I'm so happy. Like, like that's, that's super cool and it's it's great that you've been able to do this and if anyone deserves the attention of one of the producers of the critic it's you (laughs) oh thank you so much for saying that and yeah i have to say when when i started this podcast i had no idea where it would go it's definitely led me to places uh uh that uh, i never imagined both great and um (laughs) and not so great as evidenced by that uh, erotic fan art, but uh, I've met a lot of great people, had a lot of great conversations. So um, yeah, this was awesome. I definitely want to, you know, keep podcasting. I'm just going to probably find something else to do it about. Um, But for now, I really just, I need my spare time back. I am very busy. So yeah, I feel like, I, I've covered the, the critic more thoroughly than I'll say anyone else on the planet. So No, I think that's, that's fair. And and given this episode, there are people who've been pretty thorough in their critic appreciation. Uh so mission accomplished, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, so uh Tyler, do you have anything you would like to plug? Well, you can listen to all um we might have gotten to eleven episodes of the Lincoln and Wells podcast, which uh is a, a podcast that I do with my friend, uh, uh, Ben, Ben Miller. Um, here's the deal in those 11 episodes, there are probably, I don't know, six different podcast formats, which is always the sign of a great part podcast is one that, uh, that switches what it's about week to week. And is mostly just two white passing guys talking. Uh, but, um, you know, it's fun. We have, we have vaguely settled on the idea that it is a podcast about famous scoundrels uh and uh, you can you can see a lot of the uh, a lot of the results of that uh in our last few episodes we are currently uh in the uh in the midst of a saga on uh on a, a dutch uh a scoundrel uh from uh, from south africa at the turn of the century named duquesne uh who uh you know if you want to learn about um the united states effort to import hippos uh, to the uh, to to uh, you know to the United States uh, as a source of meat, uh, that is covered in part. So you know, looking forward to uh, to seeing you there. Next episode comes out twenty twenty one. I'm gonna go ahead and make a called shot. It'll be out in twenty twenty one. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, look forward to that. And I know that you, or well, you, you said your partner, Ben, kind of handles all the, the technical aspects. Yeah. And he has a, he has a very small child. So mm. that I think really is the, uh, the reason, you know, that, and also, you know, we're, who are we? Who are we? Who are we? <laughs> with, you know, scoundrels. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll come out sometime. Uh, I don't, <laughs> thanks Brian for uh, getting me to plug my podcast so I could really just shit on Ben's <laughs> speed and editing things. Uh, well, I was just going to mention because Ben hosts it on uh Podbean, which is also where this ah! podcast is hosted. Yes. <laughs> and Ben, if you listen to this, I'm very sorry. I think you're doing a great job. I think we're doing a great job. No trouble on the podcast. I like doing it with you. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, um, you know, just because I'm ending this podcast doesn't mean I want the conversation to end. Anyone can reach out to me at any time. Itstinkspod at gmail.com or itstinkspod on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Yeah, hit me up. I'd love to hear from other critic fans. And yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinow. Our theme song is by Brandon Beck. You can email the podcast at itstinkspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter and Instagram at itstinkspod. 